All right, well, welcome back to our study in systematic theology. Um, we are now on number 32 of 60, so entering the second half here. We are looking today at the Holy Spirit in the New Testament, and we're in the midst of uh, several sessions here specifically dealing with the Holy Spirit. We covered the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament last time. Uh, next time, we'll look at the Holy Spirit's help or the paraclete. And uh, we'll continue to look at some topics on the Holy Spirit for the next uh, several sessions. Um, we'll follow our kind of our usual program here. I'm going to introduce the topic by way of an article here um, that relates to what we're discussing today. And then we'll, uh, we'll pause, watch our video, and then come back uh, to do our overview and discussion of what we learned. And uh, hopefully have some good discussion on the matter. We'll also reference a few Bible verses in this one. All right, so Scripture is written using three languages, Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek. It is interesting that in each of these three languages, the word translated into English as spirit and Holy Spirit means breath or wind. The term is ruach in Hebrew and Aramaic and pneuma in Greek. In Hebrew categories, the breath of life is what makes a human being into a living soul. Genesis 2.7. So these linguistic connections between breath and spirit allude to the role of the Holy Spirit in granting physical life to human beings, as well as the rest of creation. Uh, Dr. Sproul notes that in the biological sense, all people depend on the Holy Spirit for their lives, although the Holy Spirit does not give every person on the planet spiritual life as well. The Bible is clear that the Holy Spirit also grants spiritual life, but only to God's people. In the outworking of redemption, Scripture emphasizes that the Father sends the Son, the Son accomplishes our salvation by His life, death, and resurrection, and the Spirit applies Christ's work to God's elect. You can see John 3 uh, and John 16. The activities of our Holy Creator are unified. All the works of the Trinity are inseparable. Augustine, in his letters to Avidius uh, 6.17. But they are distinguished by order and terms, uh, Turretin, and the Institutes of Elenctic Theology. God's salvation is one work with three distinguishable aspects, and the Holy Spirit's task is to draw the elect irresistibly to Christ. He does this in our regeneration, making us alive to the things of God and granting us faith in Jesus Christ. Today's passage says that the Lord comes to we who are dead in sin and trespasses and makes us alive together with Christ. That's in Ephesians 2, which we will look at here in a little while. In his meeting with Nicodemus, Jesus explained that the Spirit is the agent of this spiritual resurrection. Again, John 3. He was amazed that Nicodemus, a teacher of Israel who knew the Old Testament backward and forward, seemed unaware that spiritual rebirth is necessary for salvation. This indicates that like New Covenant believers, Old Covenant believers were brought to faith through the work of the Spirit. It also confirms the spiritual deadness of human beings in every age apart from the Lord's sovereign work. Fallen people are not, by nature, children of God. Whether we do not remember a time when we did not know Christ or can recount our conversions in detail, we love him only because his spirit changed our hearts. 
regeneration precedes faith. Another note here, uh, Dr. Spohl notes that the phrase born-again Christian is a redundancy. There is no such thing as a non-born-again Christian or a born-again non-Christian, because to be a Christian means to be born of the Spirit of God. We are not believers because we took the initiative to seek God. Instead, the Lord sought us even when we hated him, and by his Spirit granted us faith in his Son. Let us thank the Lord that he chose to grant us spiritual rebirth. All right, that was a good introduction. Let's go ahead and pause and we'll watch our video here. All right, so we've just finished watching our video. Let's go through our overview of what we learned, and then let's look at our questions and discussion. All right, session 32, the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. Um, so introduction. It's by the Holy Spirit that the redemptive work of Christ is applied to believers. It's through his work that they are granted spiritual life. Here we continue the study of the Holy Spirit by looking at his work within the context of the New Testament, particularly in the work of regeneration. Overview. God did not create humans as empty sculptors. We were given spirits. God breathes into us his own life. The Holy Spirit is the genesis of life. In a broad sense, therefore, no one is conceived by anything other than the Holy Spirit. The word for spirit in Hebrew and Greek is linked to breath and wind. When Jesus says he comes to give life to others, he is saying that he will give them spiritual life. We see a new genesis described in depth in the New Testament, regeneration. The New Testament uncovers more of the internal workings of the Spirit. The Spirit regenerates us. The Bible teaches in Ephesians 2 that people are not all beloved by God. We are born enemies of God. This Ephesians 2 teaching is quite surprising to many in the church today, but the Holy Spirit is intimately involved in making enemies of God his friends. So uh, let's, let's pause real quick and just review the first part of Ephesians 2. So I'll read the first 10 verses in Ephesians 2. You're welcome to follow along if you like. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus." so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So we can see from that we are definitely born enemies of God, children of wrath, not children of God is our 
modern culture likes to teach. John 3 is clear on the necessity of the Spirit's work in the life of a believer. There are no non-born-again Christians. We must experience rebirth by the Spirit. And reference John 3, 5. Let's just look at that quickly. Let's see. John 3, 5. Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Why is the Spirit designated as holy? The Holy Spirit inspired the original record of Scripture, but now he helps us understand the nature of Scripture. That is, he illumines it for us. So let's look at our questions and answers. The Greek and Hebrew words for spirit are connected to which English words? Breath and wind. The Greek word pneuma and the Hebrew word ruach can both be translated as wind, breath, or spirit. God breathed life into Adam, and he became a living spirit. What does the Holy Spirit give in his direct involvement in creation and redemption? Life. In his role as giver of life, the Spirit is involved in creation and redemption. He breathes life into all humans and new life into all true Christians. Is the Holy Spirit called holy because he is intimately involved in making God's people holy? Yes. We cannot enter the kingdom unless we are born of the Spirit. To be in holy God's presence, we must be holy. Therefore, we need the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit. What term refers to the Spirit's assistance in helping us understand and apply Scripture? Illumination. The Holy Spirit sheds light into our minds to help us see what is in the text. What term refers to the Holy Spirit's work of imparting new life to dead souls? Regeneration. It is the function of God the Holy Spirit, and there is great emphasis placed upon this work in the New Testament. How were people saved in the Old Testament? By regeneration. Everyone who's ever been redeemed had to be born of the Spirit of God in order to escape spiritual death and the flesh. Regeneration is an absolute necessity for salvation. All right, let's look at our discussion questions. So how is the Holy Spirit involved in the creation of the universe? The Genesis of life, correct. Remember the Genesis account of the Spirit hovering? All right, how about of individual humans? And I think by this we're asking of the creation of individual humans. How is the Holy Spirit? He breathes life into human, all humans and new life into Christians. Yes, yeah, so he, he breathed life into uh, the creation of, of mankind, of humans. And every human that's born. So of new believers, you just said it, so that's that's uh, breathing a different type of life. That's breathing spiritual life. Um, so that uh, we, we can indeed uh, be illumined, our minds illumined, and, and have spiritual eyes 
We cannot see things of the Spirit in the flesh. We have to have our eyes opened by the Holy Spirit. All right, why is the Spirit designated as holy? Do you remember Dr. Sproul in the video was talking about this? We don't say Holy Father and Holy Son and Holy Spirit. We usually just say Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Well, why don't we just say Father, Son, and Spirit? Why do we give the designation holy to the Spirit? What's different there? Because of his ministry function and the plan of redemption. Right. So it's specifically to recognize the ministry function of the Spirit. Uh, and that is to make people holy through re regeneration, right? Spiritual life. How is the Spirit involved with the creation and reading of Scripture? And in its character nourishes it and finishes it in heaven? Yeah, but uh, I think more specifically we're looking for the words, that the I words that were mentioned. He so He inspired the writing of the Word of God. The word of God. Right, right. So he was the inspiration behind the writing of Scripture, right? We often talk about um, uh, inspiration of the Holy Scripture, um, or as, as perhaps more accurately, the expiration of the Holy God breathed out. Um, and then we talk about the illumination of Scripture. So um, what what's the difference between... Uh, Scripture being inspired and the illumination of it. Why is the illumination of Scripture important? Right. So if those who are of the flesh can't understand the things of the Spirit, right? And, and Scripture is of the Spirit. So um, someone who, who is not born again, I'm not going to say born again Christian, we already talked about that. Someone who's not born again doesn't have the eyes to see or the, or the ears to understand what Scripture is really saying. They have to be illumined by the Holy Spirit. Okay, so uh, open table for discussion. Like I said, we will uh, we'll look at our uh, confession in a future session when we kind of go through our whole sessions on Holy Spirit. Um, so that's why we're not looking at it tonight, but we will get there. Uh, any open questions or comments you want to make on our topic this evening? No? Does it all make sense? Pretty clear? What, uh, so we looked at last time in, in the Old Testament. We looked at this time in the New Testament. Um, what? I guess my question would be, what's really the difference? between looking at the Holy Spirit's function in the Old Testament and the Holy Spirit's function in the New Testament. <laughs> well, as, uh, as we looked at here, everyone who's ever been saved is saved by regeneration of the Holy Spirit, right? Even those in the Old Testament. And I think that can become confusing to many, even many well-meaning Christians mm -hmm. who read the Old Testament and the New Testament as almost two plans of salvation, right? That there's um, mm. uh, a difference in, in how we are saved. But it is the Holy Spirit, whether it's the Old Testament or the New Testament, throughout mankind's history who has been the one to quicken us to spiritual life.
That is his ministry from the beginning. All right, so I hope we had a good session. Um, let's go ahead and wrap up in prayer. Father and our God, we do thank you once again that we can uh, gather together uh, as your people to study your word. And we pray that through your Holy Spirit, you would indeed uh, enlighten us, uh, illumine our minds that we may better understand your word. Uh, we thank you and praise you uh, for your special revelation, for uh, your holy word. Um, we pray that we would continue to seek after it, to study it, uh, to know it more and to hide it in our hearts. And we pray that you would continue to sanctify us through your spirit, uh, that we may understand it more and more, that we may obey it more and more, and that we may proclaim it more and more. And Lord, I just pray for each of us as we travel home tonight for safety. I pray throughout this week uh, that we would be focused on our uh, mighty Savior and uh, what he's done for us, Lord. And uh, we just pray all these things in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Amen.